0: What is up, fellow humans of the apocalypse? I am kind of back at this podcast thing. I'm re-entering from an embryonic state of forgetting what to do and being completely sort of not focused on this journey I was on, this thing that I set out at the beginning of the year to do. Um, Kind of guilty, kind of feel guilty about it. Um, it's been over a month. Uh, I do happen to have two podcasts. The one that you're going to hear now was recorded about a month ago after a, a failed attempt at recording it in the sense that I was mad sciencing in my office and I deleted the recording. I had to do a double take, a take two with uh, my guest on this particular podcast. And then I've been I've been in the thick of it. You know, it's funny, I think uh, in this podcast we covered off, it was one of the two interviews I did, but I'm pretty sure it's in this one, um, that immersion into a thing, that uh, going after something, uh, really understanding it and uh, chasing down the information. Um, I've been 3D printing, uh, I've been designing, I've been building things, I've been manufacturing to a certain degree, and it's... It's uh, sparked something inside of me that's been so distracting that it's been taking all of my time and focus. I also have been sort of thinking about this podcast and, you know, what I set out to do and what I intended to do, uh, and, and it changing kind of dramatically as a result of the coronavirus epidemic, this pandemic. We find ourselves in. Um, oddly enough, everything became that in the podcasts, and the cornerstone of the conversations was really only about those things. And that's not to say that the content wasn't interesting, and we ventured around all the bits and pieces. But it was just so fresh and new; it felt like everything ended up in the co- in the COVID corner, the COVID conspiracy bucket. And uh, and I, for one, was you know sort of grappling with this whole thing. I don't know about you guys, but I've you know, been in quarantine, self-isolation for quite some time now. I've been, you know, dealing with uh, a, a number of major changes, not only in my own life, but my children's lives and my wife's life and, you know, and other friends' lives. Uh, and, you know, it's just so fucking weird, <laughs> for lack of a better description. It's an odd thing to be a part of right now. And uh, I, I, it's, it's so distracting that I kind of lost my way with this podcast. I didn't, didn't really know how to re-enter this, you know? I felt like a dickhead for deleting the recording. I had a bit of momentum. Um, but truth be told, I don't have a lot of interviews. People's lives have changed. They're doing different things. I mean, I could chase the interviews, um, and that's been distracted because my priorities personally shifted a little bit. Um, but I do have another interview uh, coming up after this one. i got two weeks in the bag. Um. But even in that, I, you know, I also was doing food for thought, and I've dropped that as well because my mind wasn't clear as to anything other than the experience I was in, the the sort of world of COVID, and I didn't want to go there. So, um, you know, I guess sort of nipping it in the bud, I had to walk away for a bit to kind of get some clarity about what I was doing in order to reimmerse myself back in this journey of inner monologue and sort of what that means and where we're all at now we're months into something that's probably had a lot of people losing their minds, uh, freaking out, figuring it out. Um, plenty of inner monologue going on, plenty of new problems to solve. Um, and, and as a result, you know, I, I kind of came out of the other end of this in in the sense that it's okay to kind of be confused by my own personal experience and how that's been, you know, hijacked by this, uh, you know, global pandemic and and the changes, but um, you know, at the same time, it doesn't deviate from the journey. You know, the journey being um, talking to people about their own personal experiences and what they're going through and where they're at. So I think because everybody's kind of calmed down a bit, we're all a bit used to it. I think I can recommence this podcast to a certain degree. Um, now, in the uh, unfortunate nature of a take two, I. Uh, in you know, in the sort of embarrassment, I suppose of it, I forgot to do the introduction of my guest. I forgot to ask them who they were. I forgot to get a bit of the background story, all of the stuff that I deleted. And I think it was because we were just kind of reimmersing ourselves back into this take too that we, you know, well, I definitely, as the host, forgot to get what I needed <laughs> to do it. So this interview is with a guy I know, a coworker named Paul Johaj. Uh, I have worked with him for a few years, a number of years now. Um, he has a design background and is one of those guys that likes to look at the humans and figure out what the heck it is they're up to. Um, this is always uh, in the perspective of our, our working relationship, from the perspective of a product and services. Um, but I did notice early on in my working with Paul that you know he has a, a want and desire to sit back and see what's going on more. He wants to understand it at a more human uh, human level, almost more of a philosophical state uh, in order to better understand the decision mechanisms uh, that a person is going through in order to better understand what it is they're going to do, want, need, whatever. And then, you know, from a working perspective, it's always one, you know, one sort of sided in that, you know, we're looking to provide a service or build a thing. But um, that skill, those skills and looking at humans and in groups of people and understanding the sort of mentalities uh, based on data response and all that sort of stuff, um, I always found quite fascinating. And I do think he's quite good at it. And it made me want to sit down and have a conversation with him. We both had a great first interview. Uh, But the second interview was also quite good as well because it was almost like we were old hat. We were getting through something, you know, that was a little bit, uh, not deeper, but had a different richness about it. You know, I was just listening back to it. And, you know, and I I found that we were far more in the pocket of comfort and understanding things. You know, it was almost as if, you know, doing one podcast was a great warm up and, and number two came at the the cost of missing some of the fundamentals but nevertheless uh paul was awesome to have stepped back up and uh said yeah no problem i'll re-record this with you oh boy i felt like a dickhead anyway um so yeah uh outside of uh, not having much uh to talk about paul in the sense of his backstory um uh, you know he's he's from australia he was i'm Gosh, dang. Now I'm guessing because I can't remember because it was over a month ago. Uh, but, you know, born in Australia, uh, you know, kind of uh, I want to say, yeah, that's it. Born in Australia. I can't say New South Wales. I want to say he's not from New South Wales. I want to say he's from Adelaide, from Adelaide because it feels like that's the right thing to say. But I could be butchering this at this point because it's just second guessing all of it. God damn it, Joe. What are you doing? Anyway. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at when I don't do things in real time. <laughs> I can't remember the details. The details have gone. Um, look, I'm just gonna cut to it. I feel like that's that's the point, right? I've given you my update. I've told you why I'm a you know, I failed at doing this particular episode. I I've 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 ripped the band-aid off. I've told you why I've been in having my own little mini gap year and why I'm not getting back to it. Um, you know, look. Let's hear what Paul and I had to talk about. I think that's the part you probably showed up for, Um, you know. So uh, let's cut to it, eh? Like, what what do you say? We get to that uh, that old interview. This is my chat with Paul. Hope you guys enjoy it. So, firstly, uh, 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 I am so sorry about this. Do you want to know how I did it or do you care?
1: Nah, I don't, I don't care because all, <laughs> I'm, all, all I'm happy about is you get to talk again. So, <laughs> don't even tell me.
2: Fucking this <laughs>
1: fucking guy. <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> care. Just don't fucking delete me. It won't. Yeah, it won't happen again. it was a
0: good chat we had last time. It was. It was really good. I had um, written one thing down, which I thought was great. Uh, I'm just going to open that up real quick. It had to do with what you said about. Um, uh, it had to do. You need to teach cars human aggression, or they will never merge. <laughs> that is. That was. That was potentially the title of this whole episode that we I accidentally deleted. Oh man! And then I went and watched the pandemic thing, which, by the way, I've referred to. He I've referred to many people. Uh, to watch. Everyone How thumbs up. How
1: fucking crazy is it? it was How it fucking was crazy. It was, yeah. it's just like, and then, and just the whole fact that they made it before COVID made it 30 times more crazy.
0: Oh, 100%. Like, I, I don't. Because you're watching know. it
1: in, re, in, in retrospect. Yeah, well. Because you're mean, watching, they, they, they talk yeah, you're about watching, knowing
0: that it's coming, which was kind of like the idea that this could arrive at any point in time. That was the spooky part,
1: they, too. They, Talked about the wet market. Like they, yeah, they yeah. talked about it. You know what I
0: mean. Like, but the ending was really what. So, like, you think about like, there's been two big things that have happened, and say, like, the last six, six, nine months, right? Uh, that have been like the globe kind of pulling together. Um, we've got the, the you know COVID nineteen now, which has just fucked us all up. But prior to that, it was the old uh, Little Miss Greta Thunberg, you know,
1: and the climate thing. And, yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel. I, I don't know enough about her to have an opinion. Well, but it's I, the, feel, I, the at, I know that the she's a Yeah. Right? So, what well, is she calling it, is for? It's it's... Out, is it the outcome of her, or was she just the marketing for the movement? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it matters. I don't know.
0: I think that, that she was a catalyst, whether you break it down any other way, she was a catalyst for a conversation. Uh, you know, yeah, so whether I saw her on your Facebook, so I
1: know that you're yeah, a yeah. fan. Right?
0: Well, I did it tongue in cheek as well because I had um many mates calling me going, What the fuck are you doing? You're not some weirdo. And I like it, like I just love the fact that she made a bunch of, you know, really you know, normally pl- like calm people fucking lose their shit because she was spouting mm. off, you know. And I like I like the idea, whether or not you're you believe she wrote her stuff or not. Uh, or she was motivated by herself to do this. I like the idea that kids can have real opinions and actually do real things. I don't like that we right. box kids up into this, you'll do something later. And then when they're 30, they figure out what they're going to do, you know, and have real value. Yeah, but society. by then,
1: they're approaching diabetes, have accumulated $100,000. Right. So, <laughs> exactly.
0: And who knows what they've become at that point and what biases they've yeah. created. So you're, you're totally kind of fucked by the time you're too old. But when you're young, you know and it all stems from this idea or this thing where um you know when you're like between the ages I think of 13 to 15 um your you your brain and your activity and the things that you're doing are the things that you'll carry. You're that in level of you know like skills and certain talents things that you'll carry for the rest of your life, right? And what's weird mm-hmm. about that statement is is like um you know you you may learn how to solve a Rubik's cube then. You may learn how to juggle, you may learn how to play an instrument, you may know how to do some of these really unique skills, and those things never disappear from your your ability for the rest of your life. Because the imprint moment, yeah. right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we don't get that ever again. And so when I was mm-hmm. you know, learning about, you know, adolescence and the the evolution of children and the way that hormones work and a number of different aspects of why these things take place it it made me refocus my effort on that window and that timing right and the skills and the things that kids learn you know and and what they're exposing themselves to and the impression that you get that you're going to carry for quite some time you'll get influence and you'll you might chase but you like all your good habits happen then your ability to mm-hmm. you know form good habits are all kind of happening right there and that's the way you're going to carry yourself for the rest of high school through to university into jobs
1: that's so um that that is something that fucks with me a lot I and mean, I'm, I'm constantly in this internal dialogue this internal battle around uh, i'll tell it in a much more funnier light heartbreak yeah, do you know okay. who, <laughs> do you know who, um patrice o'neill is no he's a comedian
0: no i might but I, I mean, he, yeah
1: and he he's he passed away now. He oh, right, okay. Yeah. He actually died from diabetes, but he he was known as the most like he he his last feature special. I think it might Elephant in the Room. I might even be on that. Oh, okay. He
2: yeah.
1: he um I think so. He was known for having like straight to the... comedians are like uh, uh gory mm. but uh, and and blunt. But this guy was like, he just didn't care, right? He's just the funniest, most honest, spoke, particularly from a, a male's perspective. Yeah. Spoke Like, explain the world from a male's perspective a lot of the time, which is hilarious. But his last feature special, um, he knew he, he knew he, his diabetes was becoming fatal, so he ramped it up. Yeah. <laughs> so he ramped it up and he, he went even harder. But there's one part of it where he goes, man, there's nothing that makes me sicker than seeing some old 50 year old fat guy on the treadmill. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) he's like, you're done, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're set in stone. Like you, your brain doesn't work anymore. You're not gonna, you're not gonna learn any new skills. Like you're done. And i know he's saying it as a joke, right? Like, He, he, he's saying 30 but there's, a, there's this, like there's this truth in it of like to, to change a behavior at that point in life mm. is exponentially harder oh, yeah. than if you were to try and approach those behaviors in your early 20s I'm not saying it's not possible I'm not saying it's not possible mm. but it is exponentially harder and you don't even need science to tell you you just need reflection I'm 20'm 20, I'm 29
2: yeah
1: and there are habits I have that I feel almost impossible to break. Oh yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And I'm 20, And I'm twenty. I'm am 29, I'm not I'm like 60, I'm uh-huh. half of 60. Yeah. So now when you think, when I, a lot of the times in this inner monologue, this, this battle that I'm constantly having in my mind is like, do you just throw in the towel at this point? And I know I'm, I have a habit of uh, I have a, and I'm not saying I would, but my mind likes to flirt with really disturbing thoughts, yeah, and like thoughts, thoughts that make you feel uncomfortable in your in your skin, and like I can, and sometimes i I push myself to go, well, you had your moment to really turn into someone that's fantastic, and you threw that away, so now you're just gonna kind of ride it out in whatever you had left, which is not my plan at all and not what I want to do at all, but it's just it, that, that, and I always, you know, it, it's comical, but it's always so real And I think about that skit. Then it makes you think about how fucking crucial it is for kids. Because you can't appreciate that moment. You need someone to really drill it into you that you're not going to get these five to ten years again where you become character, where, where it's character forming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That ten to twenty, man, that is that. Since that ten-year-old to twenty-year-old, I feel like you could run algorithms to pretty much predict how people's lives would go, with with some degree of confidence, based on how their ten ten to 20s went. Ten to twenty.
0: I th- yeah yeah. I think I think that the way at which we have. Im- we are imprinted i think it's there's two pr- two pr- prongs to it too because i think it has to do with one th- what you you do from that point at which you start to break free and become the person you're going to be the decisions you start to make the stuff you're doing on your own through that autonomy that you're building so like that 10 to 20 like you're saying and then i think also two it has to do with what your parents do to you um and how they choose to influence you as um as yeah. a person. <clears throat> so I think yeah. I think I think two two things come together because you gotta think of one of those things. From zero to ten, you're doing everything that you're told by your parents. No right. Matter, you yeah, have no yeah, idea yeah. what you're doing. But uh, from about I ten wonder on, exactly they start to cut you through.
1: I wonder if zero to ten actually is more impactful than ten to one.
0: Well, it it depends on who you talk to, but I think, um, you know, they will say that a lot of what you do through 10 to 20 will be influenced as a result of zero to 10. So I think they're tied together, but you got to think about like the things you do behind your parents back. Right. So like about, you know, at about that 10 year old moment, that's when you start to do a lot more stuff on your own. Like you might play in your room on your own. You might have your own things going on. Now, these would be very innocent things, you know, but it's like I was talking about today about, um, you know, kids and the internet, right? The internet is a fire hose, right? And my analogy was this, you know, you give the kid an, un- an uncontrolled phone, right, or a device that's connected to the internet, and there's a good, very high percent chance that within an hour, they will possibly land in pornography land, some form of adult content will eventually, if they're just allowed to click whatever they want, go wherever they go and blah, 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 blah. Before you know it, there's a good chance that could happen, right? Because the nature at which their decisions will be driven through their innocence, right? But, you know, but that's exponentially changed if someone is seeking it out. You can get there in seconds, right? So like, I kind of like in my mind, I'm thinking, well, kids don't really know, right? As they move through life, it comes from an innocence. They don't know better. It's not like they're, they seek these things. It's through other um, experiences or other influences that create those question marks in their lives to seek the knowledge, right? We're always seeking new information and knowledge, yeah. right? And so um, until you we, don't yeah. know it, you, you don't know what you don't know. And so as soon as somebody says to you, oh, well, this exists, you're like, "What well, does it? you know, like, I've like, do I go look for that now? Is that a thing I'm going to go and find? Um, and it doesn't even have to be. Pornography. It could be anything, right? It could be I, anything.
1: I agree. I agree, and there's some caveats to it, though, because the um, the exposure to the existence of it is one thing. Yeah, but then, then it depends on the individual if they go back for more. True. Yeah you you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. because for example, um let's use let's use drugs for example. Sure. I've tried more than one type of I've tried a whole bunch of different types of of, of recreational drugs Sure. But there's only a, one or two that I went back for. Sure. But then the ones that I didn't go back for, I've watched destroy people's lives. And I think you have seen study after study about how it destroys people's lives. So there's that bit as well, where it's like your genetic predisposition to being drawn to something, and it's and, and so like the pornography it applies to adult content as well, or even like, man, did you ever go on that website, Black Sheep Wall? No. Does that ring a bell at all? Yeah. So do you know the Do you know those, those beauty beautiful days of like, I'm talking like oh four or five where websites were like black wallpapers and comic fans and yellow, and yellow yeah, font yeah, yeah, yeah. and video links to the headings and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like really weird. Yeah. Like you find, you found those pockets of like cute, fun, but you, you could play pool and watch. Saddam is saying get beheaded on the same website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Weird.
0: Like those
1: areas. Yeah. Like, I wanna say that was but, the
0: world of mashup when everything was being mashed yeah. together. And that was yeah. like, that was a cool yeah. word. Oh look at this mashup it, of
1: things. Yeah. <laughs> that? yeah. Oh. That's right. That's actually so true. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. But um so growing up, like when I was I was around eleven. Man, I couldn't get enough of that stuff. Like, I just could not get enough because it was so far from my world of where I was at the
2: time. Yeah,
1: I was never taught to love it. I was never taught to be interested in that stuff. In fact, me and my brother used to play this game called Diablo.
0: Yeah, I play that now. And, ah,
1: you played D three?
0: Yeah, D three. We play. The whole family plays. We all four play at the same time. We
1: man, we just that, is, that is the dream. Yeah, that is Are you, there? Are you a, That is the dream, honestly. Like that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. What a bonding experience, though, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's great.
0: We love it. We have to do like a yeah. ritual about it as well because, um, because of the nature of, you know, you can always check your loot. So we have only moments where we do that because it's a, a, massive. We tried Warhammer. We got into that, like just to check it out. Hey. It's a like for likeish sort of thing. There's parts of that we liked from an experience, but uh, we just fell back into Diablo because. I just purchased the Pyromancer expansion and was like, "Okay, cool." My son's like, "Yeah, cool. I'm a Pyromancer now." So
1: nice, man. Yeah, it's. Fine. I would have thought you you would be a barbarian.
0: Oh me? Oh, so I started off as oh, not the, not the barbarian. Oh, maybe it was the barbarian. No, no, no. Because there's two big dudes. I was the knight, more like the knight guy initially, and then I was. We all have we all have three characters on the go, so three or four characters on. the Right. Go. Yeah. Yeah. One of my son's characters' name is Hitler, so, so we have he <laughs> runs around. We're like, come on, Hitler, let's
2: You're go! Ma-
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, man, how how amazing is that? That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's fun. That's really we cool. We enjoy it. Um, but yeah, we used to, we used to play like like there was nothing in my family, my life upbringing that said video like video games. Yeah, right. Is where it's at. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and it's just that me and my brother were we. There were three boys, um, and my little sister. One wasn't in, into games like we were. Yeah, but me and my other brother were like super, just geeked out, right? And so far into our upbringing that you know the Diablo logos do that. Uh, what, what do you call that logo? The 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 money.
0: Oh. Um... The... What do you call that? Is oh, it... you're talking about like the uh, pentagram? No. Pentagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The star thing. Yeah. So thing, my,
1: yeah. my parents would see that loading sign, and and then they would actually they used to ask my other brother, were we possessed by the devil? Yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. it was so, so foreign to them growing up, right? like so far, it's kind of cute and innocent in a funny way when you think about it. Yeah. They were that worried, but. But my like something that I'm that I'm always curious about is like yeah, there's the exposure on the number. What is it that, that makes a particular person click, click with mm. something? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but, but, but it's just such a hard thing to navigate because then it's like well, you play video games instead of fucking learning, you know, physics to become an astronaut. And but that's what you did in your in your in your tens to twenties, but you didn't know the implications of, of of enjoying yourself and having fun. Yeah. But then, it, it, then it grows to be that. Well, because you did that between between ten to twenty. Yeah. You now actually can't yeah. be an astronaut. It's it's there's this injustice to it all. It's like there's this like, hey, why did not I, why did not I get on the shot? And it, it's it's part. Like I saw this really incredible talk. Um. So I'm I'm a massive Jordan Peterson fan. Okay. Um, like I like I, I went and saw him speak at Opera House. Um, I've watched I've listened to things like actual lectures, when he's at like uni lecturing. Yeah, yeah. Not just like interviews where he's trying to get set up. Um, and he he has this one uh, segment of like an actual uni lecture he was giving, and he talks about what it takes to be in the top one percent of anything. And how extraordinarily difficult and close to impossible and how many different things need to work together in conjunction for you to even be legible to become someone who's in the top 1%. Mm. And I'm not going to go into like how much all the detail in that, yeah, yeah. But, I, but, I, but I'll give you two, two examples, like two, two qualities of like 20 that he talks has to be together in conjunction. One is you have to not have any genetic condition that makes you incapable of focusing on the same task for fifteen hours a day. Yeah, you 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 can't not you can't be someone who clocks out. You you can't focus anymore at night after nine hours. Yeah, you just can't be because you, it's just not going to cut it. It's just not how it works. And then the other thing is. You also have to be someone who so happy who just so happens to be obsessed with the thing that they're exceptionally good at. That's just two qualities. And we just think about them two by themselves. Mm. How unlikely it is that you know anyone that does those two. They're not to mention being in a, being a uh, geographic location that even allows you to pursue that. So you're not the best rapper. You, sorry, you're not the best. Um, you're not the best. I don't know. Um, say S1 driver, yeah. But it just turns out you're born in Ghana. You, you know what I mean? Like you have to also be in a place that ele- that enables your ability to then excel in that particular thing. Like, and it's just like all the and, and what 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 his whole point was is it's actually quite unrealistic to ever think that you're in control of becoming the 1%. You may be in control of becoming, becoming the top 1% or something if you are privy to the conditions that will qualify you to even have a shot.
2: Mm.
1: But, the, but the injustice in all of it for me is that these are the people we idolize
2: Yeah.
1: and it's really not, it's, that's just really not fair. Because the standards are so unrealistic.
0: Well, the, yeah.
1: Like, so, so incredibly unrealistic. But it's
0: an incredible amount of luck. And these are the people that... Yeah, it's an incredible amount of luck. It's
1: luck. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and and I remember watching... Uh, man, I watched it for five or ten years ago. I remember watching an interview with Warren Buffett. And someone goes, what do you yeah. think made you as good as you are? And he said, you know what? The number one... The number one fucking contributor to the fact that I was able to do anything remotely close to what I've done. And like, what? He goes, I was born a guy.
2: Yeah.
1: I was born a guy in the fifties or whatever, whatever year it was, I think it was like the forties or something. I was born a guy and my dad was an investment banker and I got to sit in his office and be around the books and it just so happened to be that I loved reading about the books that I was surrounded by. So I just did that every day. Yeah. Do you you know what I mean? Like this isn't some, this isn't some zero starting ground of being like, hmm, what do I want to do? Okay, I want to go be the best fucking industrial designer. Yeah. What do I need to do to be the top 1% of industrial design? I mean, it's just not that and I feel like there's this like massive gap between the insecurities and the pressures we put on people to perform to that level and if they don't, well, you're just not going to get acknowledged.
0: I think, I think that's true but then it it we're speaking about and this i don't mean this in any other way than the word itself is is that kind of concept of mediocrity or the middle you know it's like yeah a, it's it's a place where we all live right um, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah but but then there's a part of me that is concerned that um be, but then this is the conspiracy the conspirator in me thinking that the people at the top need the people in the middle to stay there, you know what I mean? But it's 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 like uh, they need us to dream of the bigger thing, right? The, to be one percent, uh, because as long as we're chasing that and failing to get there, um, you know, like there's a there's a there's sort of a momentum about that chase as well. I think that you're right, formula yeah. from an algorithm perspective, like a truest sort of circumstantial right place, right time, right set of skills um, certain amount of, you know, influence and all that sort of stuff. Yes. That's where the greats come from. Right. Um, you know, you always hear about the, you know, the one percenters, great, you know, the greatness of their story. And, and, and sometimes it's very surprising or shocking where they come from. Um, but they're also, yeah. there are also people that are one percenters that is just boring as shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're yeah, just, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a, they're not great actually. They're just circumstantially in the right, Position as a result mm-hmm. of things, and I say this tongue in cheek, but you know I look at the Kardashian family, you know, and that's a the ultimate example to me of people who are just have more money than they can do anything with, just allow, just able to just make more and more money through what they do, which is just insane to me because they're just you know machines for generating yeah. wealth as a result of circumstance, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like a, it's like, like
1: she, 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 yeah. Sheer luck. Sure. Like, yeah. She sheer luck. But like I don't want to take away from anyone that busted their ass off when they didn't need to. Yeah. That's not my point. My my point is not to discredit the in, incredibly hard. because I'm a massive rap fan. Like I'm a yeah. I'm a diehard, diehard rap fan. And some of the stories you hear of like the things they needed to go through to even get into a position to be able yeah. to fucking have an hour in the studio. It's just like mind blowing what they were juggling at the time. Like, And, and their ability to adapt to the situation was fine. But we, we just, the thing that I hate is that you won't see, how do I put this? You won't see anyone in middle management on the cover of a Forbes magazine. No. Whereas that would be so much more relative to me, where I could just look at someone who's really good at middle management, like we're talking yeah. an incredible middle manager, like the whole middle is being sorted with this guy. Yeah, but but you don't, um, you know, you get yeah. Jeff Bezos. But I think that goes you back do, you to get what I'm just saying. Better. It's
0: just like it's like this idea that. You know, they need to shine the light on the unattainable, right? Yeah. In order to keep us moving. If they allowed us all to just go, yeah, being in the middle is fine. That's the top end. Then what does it mean? No one's going to reach beyond that. You know, and I think there's a certain amount of like the, the sort of the way at which that institutionalization we come from around education and the way that work actually works is they they do want talent to rise to the top and they can't recognize it unless they put some sort of hierarchical thing in place for people to sort of prove themselves and rise up. But I think more times than not yeah. we just see the wrong people these days getting opportunity and and you know and that sort of stuff. But I think there's a really yeah. interesting sentiment to what you're saying around you know where are all the real people, <laughs> the ones that I can relate to. Uh, that's and right. And that to me is and, an interesting
1: problem. That, that's that's exactly, that is exactly my point of like, I think it makes it you know, like, my, like for me, the, the most incredible, one of the most incredible people of our time for me, mm. well one, I'm a massive Elon Musk junkie, but Elon Musk is kind of like, he even admits himself, he, he has some form of mutation to be able to perform at that level, which mm good on him for being as honest about it. But like, I'm a massive, massive Jay-Z fan. Yeah, right. Um, and it's like, I know his full story. I know just the way he moves, the way he operates, the things that he did to get to the position that he's in and it's like extreme, extremely uh, intelligent individual, extremely shabby businessman, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I can derive principles from him but I have nothing in common with him. I ha- I, he's not just out of reach that I can aspire to. Mm. He, he, he's, he's, he's a mogul. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my, my, and it's that point of like, well, where's the guy that's three steps ahead of me? Mm. So that I know what I need to do to get to where I need to be in a year's time. How can I, how can I close those three steps? And we, there's this fucking, and maybe, maybe it's on me, maybe I'm not looking for it. And, and there's there's places, there's forums around there, there's like little communities around there, there's mentorship that I'm not tapping into. Mm. But I see a lot of people in my same boat where you look at their Instagram feed and there's just, there's just, there's just one percentage. And, and the funny thing is, we look at them and we we forget the fact that it's one percentage. You put yourself in a room of 10, only one guy is going.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Like yeah. <laughs> We're ignoring, we're like, conveniently ignoring the fact that, well, there's a 99% chance that doesn't apply to me here. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, well, where's this other 99%? But where's this, more, more specifically, where's this 20% that surrounds me? The lower ten percent that I that I can give guidance to, and the ten percent above me that can give me actionable, immediate, um, immediate like gu- guidance and and um, influence. And now this brings to the second one. I know I'm talking a lot. So I'm no, sorry, right,
2: man.
1: but you but you got me on a you got me on a thing. This brings me to why I believe in podcasts so much because I think podcasts is an answer to a lot of that a lot of this. Exactly what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly what you're doing. That's why I was so keen. As soon as you mentioned it, for me to jump on. I think I self-invited. I don't even remember, but I um. No, I invited you, man.
0: So come to the podcast. Okay. You're like, yeah, man, totally. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, okay cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> um, we'll, well, like this is a way long-form, unedited conversations with everyday people. Mm. And get an angle where people know, kind of know what they they're getting themselves into. To be honest, I don't. I'm not fully across what the angle. If there is an angle for this podcast,
0: am I across it, um, or are you? No, me myself, myself. Well, like I have, I don't even know if I've asked you. Oh well, we did talk about it in the first recording that I accidentally deleted. <laughs> right. But we I'm haven't grabbing, done I'm this one. Right yeah, we haven't done this one in the same way because we just jumped in as if we already knew what we were doing, which makes sense because it's a take too. So you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm all down for that. But I mean, like, like the, the premise of is no. This, but I mean,
1: I, the premise of the not not this talk in particular, but like the the whole program. Yeah. Right. Like what what's the what's the pitch for it?
0: this for the my particular flavor podcast? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So the the pitch for this is, is that we all suffer from an inner monologue and that, that inner monologue Uh, drives us. Right. And, you know, we, you know, are dealing with that on a regular basis and the stories that we keep to ourselves or the stories that we tell are influential to others who are struggling with the same set of problems. I actually believe that the, like, you know, there's a limited set of problems we all have and everybody struggles with them. It's just that we don't talk about them Mm -hmm. at all because we're either ashamed of them or we just keep them to ourselves or we're, you know, we just don't, can't be bothered right? Yeah, Like,
1: fucking, fucking perfect. Yeah. Like, 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 that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, mm. the, and this is why I think podcast is a straight up solution for a lot of this. of like, hey, we don't need to wait for some fucking underpaid journalists to decide to put someone on the front of a magazine.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. We, we that goes to four chief editors before it's even published. Joe Robbins, pull someone up, has a little following, mm. and it actually doesn't matter how many people come and listen, like it right. doesn't matter. What matters is that you're putting content up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the rest actually does the rest you can't control anyway. Like, mm. All you gotta do is just put content out. And someone's, someone's gonna listen to this, or, to, or any of the other episodes, and hear a few things, and it's like fuck, someone else, uh, I really respect that, like yeah. yeah. Someone else has going through exactly what I thought was
0: just an eternity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think That's that brilliant. yeah, and I, I think it has opened up a lot of um, opportunity for you know people. Like I, I was you know not to totally change gears, but um, but then I, I you know kind of in the apocalypse, you know, I found myself uh, more involved in TikTok, and as I've gotten more involved in looking at TikTok and seeing the content being created on TikTok, which I find. Some people are just incredible at creating very, you know, uh, entertaining small bits on TikTok uh, to the point where I think it's brilliant that, you know, it sets a standard of how you're going to go forward, such as as soon as you put a towel on your head, you're a woman. If you wear a hoodie, you're a boy, you know, like it's (laughs) it's horrible in its nature, but it's perfect because it's like everyone can do this low rent production and we all get it because we're all part of, we're all this active audience for the platform, right? Um, but now I find myself it uh, like this, my punchline to this sort of, now that I live in this, this apocalypse uh, of TikTok, the mm-hmm. algorithm now knows when I'm taking a shit and only sends me very sad things for me to sit on the toilet and cry and shit at the same time. So it's like, it's just <laughs> such a weird reality where content creators, have such insane platforms to create things, right? To share a story, to resonate. And I don't think that we've lived in a world, you know, it's the one thing that I think is where the good of the internet and the good of these devices comes through is it's like, you know, people can have a much bigger voice than they used to. You know, you don't feel so alone yeah. when you're yeah. out you know, creating things. You can create it and you yeah. can create a very small little audience, but then they fall in love with that. And that they want more of what you've got.
1: Yeah. Um, and they're asking and it's, for it. And it's, yeah. And the number one thing is the goal is to get big. You can't get big without a catalog. Yeah. So you have to put in these years, but it's at least a couple of years of just oh, smashing our content. You just got to keep So going you get. Yeah. Groups of people will find there's a there's one rapper, he's doing is Russ. um he, He's a really controversial rapper because he's everything that the industry isn't. In.
2: Yeah,
1: and he's he's gone completely independent. But he there's this phenomena behind him which is it's fucking mind blowing. He's put a whole new spin on independence. So right. He's like this American Italian family from I think, Boston. I, I, he's got he's got that. You know that um, that that Boston attitude of like yeah. you can't that Ita- Italians from that from from Boston yeah. of like you you just can never tell me anything. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you were never gonna tell me anything. Anyway, I've like music musically, he's got some bangers, yeah. but overall, like he does a bit of singing, he does a bit of rapping, whatever. Not not much, not much full Anyway, just to put it, I'm going to tell the story. He, he throw a little back to front, so he. Is probably the first artist I've ever seen. He will, is purely independent, never signed. He, he masters his own music, he produces his own tracks, he engineers his own tracks, he writes his own songs, he sings and he laughs.
2: Right. So he
1: is the entire production house in, Yeah. In, uh, if you go on his Instagram, he will go to like, he'll go to like, see, like Sweden, and he'll sell out an arena. Of twenty thousand people, yeah. sold out, sold out. No supporting act, not even a DJ. Just him walks yeah. on stage, performs, gets every penny because there's no middlemen. Yeah. And Lee does this around the world. Sold has gotten to the point where he sold out and that is Square Garden. Fascinating the way he the way he started. So for like five years, he was making songs and releasing them. And he, but what he was doing, he was releasing albums. On SoundCloud. Yeah, right. Releasing albums on SoundCloud. And like five or ten, five years past I think from 15 to like 22, or, or 12, 13 or 14 to like 22. Yeah, yeah. He, after five years, he caught a trend where the first song on every album had the most number of listeners. But so he started pumping music out, like pumping music out. Mm-hmm. He has a massive catalog. But the first song on every album had the, the, the highest number of views. And he worked out that the algorithm, for some reason, favors the first track or favors individual releases. Right. Um, And that people were more likely to listen to the first song than they were the fourth song because you're not an established artist that's selling albums and people know you and they're going to listen to the whole thing. So what he did, gave himself a challenge, 52 years, 52 weeks, he did a song a week. Right. I think on every Friday or every Thursday. Yeah. That's one the week. And he noticed his his views went from two thousand to three thousand to five thousand to fifteen thousand to twenty thousand until he hit the millions and then he got he got a following. But because he had been he stayed so true to his formula and yeah. he put out a bit every week, by the time he blew up, he had a whole catalogue of music just as good as his latest stuff. Yeah, right. that people could leverage and he hockey sticks. Yeah, yeah. And he exploded because he worked out that people, A, only need little bits and pieces at a time. You can't just drop an album and expect some type of response. And B, as soon as people like you, for them to stay liking you is they need to have material. So you actually don't want success in your first year with no. yourself. Yeah, yeah. You don't, not even your second year. Because you're working out who you are, you're working out what your angle is, and you're producing, and you're getting your catalog together. And I just find that such a humbling story to me, because that to me is a real life story of like a you actually can go and arrange this. Mm. You can, you can manage this, So there's ways that you can approach it. Right now, he's an absolute superstar, but he wasn't a superstar for 12 years. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Which is it's just a fascinating story, and I see podcasts having that exact same potential. Mm.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot about how people have been around a while before they really get traction in podcasts, um, you know, like three, four five years. But same same with a lot of people uh, that have the YouTube channels as well. Um, it does take a long time unless they're just so happen to kind of get that right moment uh, to blow up and continue with their content. Um, but a similar, mm. similar scenario, you know, people are like, oh, you got to go, go do it. I want, I want to say that most people have to the average is like five years before you really start to pick up and you really have to get after it for a long period of time with regular content.
1: Yeah,
0: It's funny though. What was
1: your sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, but I'm genuinely curious. What was your tipping point of being like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to start a podcast.
0: Um, so I've always thought about content creation and what my brand of content creation is. So I did do a cycling when I was cycling for a while. I did a vlog for cycling. And so I was creating kind of like a weekly video and, or just kind of mostly probably about a weekly video and, you know, that was fun and people were interested and it kind of was like, oh, this is neat, but it was just a lot of overhead and, you know, I kind of, I lost my job. That's right before I got a job at IAG, to be honest, that I kind of stopped that. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where it was fun creating content. Um, and I'd always thought about podcasts even way back when, uh, when I was, you know, kind of publishing podcasts on behalf of different things. Uh, before it was in uh, one of those formats that people were into. And, um, and I was like, you know, it's interesting to, to do, to talk, right. So I, I kind of like, I've always been someone who is not short of words or saying things or having mm. crazy ideas or, you know, willing to share what's in my mind, but I didn't really have a mm. hook of any sort. Like there's nothing that I had to, to center around. Um, and mm. as I got older, I started to realize that I find I find myself in positions whereby I'm the person that seemingly is the ear at which is hearing a thing that nobody's listening to. And so what, mm-hmm. what I'm doing what I end up doing is I latch onto that and then I ask people questions that maybe they do or don't want to hear. Or I call it out for what I'm hearing it as and not what they're saying it as. And so what ends up happening is I end up having these really interesting, what I deem meaningful, valuable conversations with people about things that really matter and not superficial bullshit. And, you know, people are like have often said to me, oh, you know, you should, you know, you should write a book or, oh, man, you know, why is it that you know of things or why are you always right about that stuff? Or, you know, these sort of weird things that people feed back to me that I was like you know, like, the, I don't know, if, it's not that it was about the ego stroke as much. It was like, it was a pattern. And I was like, it's weird that I'm always in this odd position based on my experience in my life that I'm the the sage, you know, in a weird way. And so that was like, well, I should do something about that. And it kind of was like, well, maybe there's a podcast in this. And then, um, you know, I realized that in uh, when I married my second wife, um, you know, there's a, there's, a a really big difference in the the two people we are, so much so that two of my closest friends were really surprised that I was at all interested in her to a certain degree, right? She was, you know, Mm. definitely not someone they would have picked if I were to find my next wife, you know what I mean? Uh, They would Mm. have been like, oh, Joe, you know, they had a view of me, but their view of me was their unique view, right? Uh, Not one that Mm. I had of myself, which I find very interesting how people have views of you know, you that you don't even have of yourself. And, I
1: at that that point, we'll circle back to yeah. that point because I, I have had a similar experience. But yeah, keep going.
0: Yeah, so so I found that you know what I'd latched onto with my my wife was is that she made me feel like the person I needed to feel like to to feel as though somebody. I'm not going to say it was like. um blind support but to in a really weird way it was like i i couldn't do anything wrong even though i'm very self-aware and know when i do something wrong so i, I you know but she was all about you know saying to me you know, whatever you're going to do, I want to be there with you when you do it. And I want to support you and I want to to be that person by your side. And every time I turned that she was there smiling at me, giving me energy to keep going. Right. And I'd never had that before in a real meaningful way. And so for me, it was like, it was like, okay, well now I found this thing that actually makes me feel a little fearless, you know? And so in that relationship over time, because we are from very different worlds as well, not just because I'm American, she's Australian, but like a lot of other things, but then there's a lot in common. Um, you know, she, I, I kind of was also her her sage. I was her, her sort of, I don't know, guide in a lot of different things that she was working through, and, you know, and as I started to see, you know, certain things happen with her, I had hypotheses that I was kind of testing out that led me to a lot of these other things, which was we are all trapped with this inner monologue that fucks us up. You know, that is a bridge Mm. back to stuff we talked about before, which is stuff Mm. that happens from zero to 10, from 10 to 20. You know, all these decisions you make, all these different things that happen later in life when you're all fucked and you can't be bothered anymore. You know, I've been through many different things, and, you know, and, and my story isn't unique. It's just, it's only unique to me, but it's very similar to a lot of different people's things. You know, like I hear your story and I can resonate with that. There's a lot about what you say that reminds me of things that I've been through, you know. And so that in itself was this lightning bolt moment that went, you know what, fucking hell. It's uh, The only trick I have is that I can see myself in others and then I spit spit at them what I think it is that I experienced and that is what they're experiencing, you know. And therefore they think, oh my God, this person, you know, is reading my mind to a certain degree and I'm not. I'm just simply making a connection over common ground that people don't know don't normally make connections around.
1: Yeah. yeah, So that's kind of
0: where it comes from. It's just like, well, why not talk about that? Because people want to feel fucking good. They want to find a way to feel all right about the craziness that they're in. They need to be reminded it can take time to get through it. Mm -hmm. You know, and we all just, you know, at the end of the day, just want to get home for dinner. You know, we just want to make it home, fucking sit down do some fucking offload and just feel all right about it. You know, even if it was a Mm -hmm. shit day or a month or whatever, you just want to get to that moment when you go, fuck, I'm glad that's over. Now I can move on to the Mm -hmm. next thing or whatever the fuck it is. Um, You know, and obviously mental health is a pretty big deal as well. You know, like I, I have a a massive advocate for um, exercising your, your brain muscle as much as possible to keep you going um, and constantly challenging and varying the ground that's underneath you for that thing. Because you know, you could end up in a world where you're literally asleep from 10 a.m. in the morning till 5, 6 o'clock when you get off work because you just can't be asked. Your body just is shutting down because it just doesn't want to move anymore. No. You know, and that can happen to you in your you know late 30s because you're just fucking burnt
2: because
0: mm. you can't find it, you know. So, you know, challenging yourself on a regular basis, I think it's a big deal too. So, yeah. So that's kind of a very long way of, of talking about it. No, I
1: think that's mm-hmm. fantastic. <clears throat> I don't <clears throat> I had not um, I don't think I've properly asked you before, but no, that that's just, it's just real. Like yeah. in the short, the short thing that I'm hearing is like, this is just real life now. Yeah. Like you don't need to be some eclectic, crazy human to be on this podcast. You just need to be someone that's willing to talk about what's going on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And okay. I think that's the trick, you know, can you get people to be real is part of the, you know, the, the game of this podcast, you know, is, is finding some real moment where that's what's happening, you know, but I think it's really you know easy to do that. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, you got to pick the right guests, obviously that are, you kind of know, I
1: kind of what, know what, what, people. What's your process? Uh,
0: Gut feel. Like I, you know, I know when, um, so when I'm asking someone to be on it, whether or not, that's it's going to be, you know, easy, you know, because I've already talked to them, I already know them. Um, I've had a few blind, more blind conversations where, you know, it kind of got to that, uh, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was that it was, I'm not going to say it was stale, but it wasn't as open. And, um, but what I, you know, kind of was challenging myself to do in those ones was, is, can I push, you know, am I able to push people to kind of open up a bit more to be more uh, yeah. open around things? And it really just comes down to the angle of which you're talking to them and and, you know, like, I'm also good at getting people to talk to me about stuff. So, you know, it's not that it's hard or that I'm prying. It's just, you know, it's it's about saying, well, how does this apply to you? You know, how do you fit in the world? You know, and, and oftentimes what ends up happening is is that what I'm finding is is that people, you know, it's not inadvertent, but everyone has, you know, a very similar set of circumstances that they're all powering through. You know, we're not, mm. it's not overly complex. You know, I live a very dual dualistic reality where, you know, I swing between conspiracy theorist and just simple answer, Joe. And, you know, it, I find that the only reason I go to conspiracy land is because it's far more fucking entertaining and I can come up with a lot of crazy things to talk about, but you know, the simple Mm -hmm. stuff is kind of boring, you know, some, but sometimes that's where the sweetest, the sweetest part is in, in these conversations. It's like, you know, we are all just trying to get through this, you know, and, you know, like without getting totally coronavirus crazy, you know, we're in a moment right now where everybody's just trying to get through something. And even inside of all that, there's diversification, you know, there's varying degrees of crazy going on inside of all that of, you know, to the point where it's a government conspiracy all the way to, you know, this is 5G poison and you know, all this shit. And you're just like, you know, people are grasping at straws to find answers. But the simplest answer is, is we're in a pandemic. People are getting sick and dying. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple formula. We just have to avoid each mm-hmm. other, you know? And uh, if you want to overcook it, you're going to make it crazy. And it's going to be something that you need it to be to deal with your anxiety about it, or you can accept it for what it is and, and keep going, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a funny business, the way which the mind works. And, you know, I find, mm-hmm. I find myself dancing on the line of crazy, you know, almost every day. Uh, because I like to play with that, you know, I'm willing to, to be the craziest person in the room and say things that I believe are volatile in order to have some fun with it. Um, you know, cause when I was a kid, you know, that was kind of what I did. You know, I spent a lot of time in university in parties just, you know, sitting in the, you know, the sideline of conversations, waiting for the moment at which somebody kind of showed too many cards and then saying something crazy to make it, you know, almost toxically crazy so that we would all have something
1: lunatic. Uh, I'm gonna need an example. Well, it's it was just crazy. one of those
0: things where, you know, you think about people that stir shit, right? Just for the fun of stirring some shit up. You know, I wasn't alienating people, but I would, I wait for someone to do a thing uh, and then inadvertently say something about someone else's position on something, uh, whereby they might, you know, have, you know, kind of been a bit of a prick about it or inadvertently said something that was potentially inflammatory of someone else. And then when nobody notices it, I go, did you hear what they said about you? Can you believe that they uh, said that right. to your, yeah, to your yeah, face and yeah. you didn't even notice it. Like, what kind of a person are you? Like, are you really that much of a pussy? And then, like, I just play with it because I can't believe that, you know, people live in these existences where, you know, they're just kind of running a million miles an hour and not really thinking about the consequence of, you know, some things, you know. And it's more out of play. It's just to play, have some fun, you know, because the mundane is just too boring for me. I'd rather be a little bit on the crazy side. You know i do it in the office mm. as well man like i there's times where i just start to lose my shit and i just can't stick it out anymore and i just start walking around causing ruckus because there's nothing yeah else,
2: yeah nothing yeah.
1: there's times where i'll just say to like you know there's like pods and yeah yeah i'll just stand stand stare at my desk and I'm like what's wrong and i'm like there's just no way i can get myself to sit down at that, that yeah yeah so I did, I'm just. That's just not going to happen right now, and I just have to. Yeah, I've 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 started and stopped multiple times a formal process to get tested properly for ADHD. Oh, really? Yeah, right. To 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 that degree, because it's just like, you know, like I'm in mean, two minds about it. It's like maybe I just haven't found something that's engaged me enough to yes. never feel like that, or maybe it's normal to feel like that. Um. everyone goes through it, but then I do not see other people cop it as bad as I, there are some times where I have to write off the whole day. I'm not gonna get 1% of work done today because my mind is just, I'm just, it's like a mental free for I'm not yeah. in pain, I'm not anxious. Yeah, yeah, But I'm not sitting at that desk and typing an email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, just not gonna, you're just not gonna get that out of me right now.
0: So have, and, you, <clears throat> have you tested your brain for uh, hemisphere dominance?
1: No. So, right, brain, left. Go, talk, go,
0: talk. go, go start doing, go take a few tests. The ones that they, there's really deep dive ones. I wouldn't suggest that that's necessarily a thing you do, but there are some that are take about a half an hour, right? And they really run through a gambit of things. Um, and I'm, I, I have taken a fair whack of these now across my life and I'm whole brained. I'm 50 50 split constantly. I've never had one that didn't lean literally at, you know, 50-50 or 49-51, like always bang down the middle. What are they measuring? They're measuring whether you're left brain or right da- brain dominance, right? So whether you're of an analytical slant or an um, an artistical slant, right? And so your weight towards things. So what I find is is that because I'm whole-brained, they I get caught where I can't engage in certain aspects of the work I do because my brain wants for the other way it leans. So there'll be days where I need to be hugely problem at problem solving focused. I need to be incredibly analytical, but my brain goes, no, let's fucking focus on designing a fucking wine label for some random reason. Like, no, let's work on, you know, how to shade a fucking circle because that feels yeah. better to you right now than fucking yeah. going in and doing this grunt work, which, you know, but then there's times where I have to be very artistic and very focused on the aesthetics of things and the, the way things flow and the way things work. But my brain's like, nah no, mechanically I'm looking at this and I can't deal with it. I mechanically I'm stuck in all my feedback and I can only look at this from a really analytical, mechanical, grindy mathematic perspective, you know, and I'm like, fuck me. You know, like why now is my brain gonna decide that that's <laughs> more entertaining, that
1: balancing I'm so we, like, the left and right, like, and the right being, like, the creative side and the artist, the artist's art brain. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about when we say artist? So I've read a book. It's by Julia Cameron. Yeah. It's a really great book. It's called The Artist Way. It's a whole, session massive, and it's, like, it's actually a, a six-month program or three-month program. Yeah, and right. any the professional tasks that learn to teach you how to balance between that left and right, and one of the ways you do it is in the morning, you work for 20 minutes, you've got to put pen to paper yeah. and you've got to write whatever comes out. And, and even if you can't come up with like free, free stuff, you have to just repeat the same words until something starts changing. Mm. You're not allowed to read the pages back for like three weeks or whatever. And the idea is for you to, because in, in the morning, you're, you're most cynical and your left brain is overpowering. Mm. <clears throat> so you're much more in that fight or flight mode and it's just a, the idea of that is to be able to identify um, to be able to identify which which thought originated from which side.
2: Oh right.
1: You know who, who's in charge at the moment because you can you can um, acknowledge the dialogue and say which side you are. But what what I still don't fully get is when we say the artist brain, are we just talking like beautiful, aesthetic stuff is, or is it deeper than that? Because I can't say that I don't want to sit at that desk just because uh, I don't want to type an email and I want to go paint a picture. Sometimes it's just I don't want to sit at that
0: desk. Uh, motivation, I think, is there. I'm just, I guess, what I'm alluding to is is that uh, I've tended to feel that when I need to go and do logical work or analytical or strategic or like th- being very accurate or you know, like in, in essence, uh, mathematical, you know, type, you know, mm. things that have, have a precise nature, right? um you know there's that sort of element where my brain pushes back you know it and my body reacts to my mind not wanting to do that right it's like no you're not not in the mood right effectively and so i've equated that in my experience to the nature of the swing i get from time to time sometimes i'm bang in the middle like many days of the week i'm just like boom i'm just fully can bounce back and forth between the two things and i see both sides of like both visualization seeing uh, being incredibly creative seeing the entirety of sort of the whole of something being created Um, and I equate that to being able to prop up both parts of the problem both from a practical and you know sort of I don't know, uh, logical perspective as well as the almost the 3D design in my mind, you know? So there's like right. this this balancing act that my brain plays, but then there's times where it's just, no, today is the day that you're just going to read poetry. Uh, you're very into your emotions and the way that you're feeling. And then the whole side mm-hmm. of you needs to be milked and prodded and played with because, you know, that is what you need right now. You do not need to know you know, the way at which the earth spins is, and the importance of that today, you know, like that kind yeah. of weirdness to the, the way yeah. that the brain reacts. And they've, they've kind of said that, you know, that the left and the right brain has a, as a, those parts to it. Right. So, you know, your right. Brain so what did is, you call it? Uh, just, it's hemisphere a, left, testing. a hemisphere testing. Yeah. Yeah. So left versus right brain test. Um
1: and you can do them online or Yeah, like dude, t- there's
0: online. Yeah, yeah. There's heaps of online ones. And and no, I guess what I'm saying by doing one online, there's heaps of little you short can write ones. That down. Yeah, there's little short ones you can do that kind of give you a feel. But I'm saying yeah, like, good ones you could no, nah, I haven't shoot done one because... in a while, but I'll I'll have a look and all I'll right. shoot one through to you. Um yeah, beautiful. But yeah, it's all tied to personality and a lot of different things too. But yeah, it's kind of fun because there's a lot of things I think that Have played out in my life that have very much to do with the fact of like this constant mental battle over who i am i feel like it does because it allows me uh, one an escape hatch i
1: don't feel guilty
0: because i can't tackle it and then i can actually say look i'm i'm not there right now you know my brain is working against me to do this work um, and I can break down the work a little differently. It also helps me think about how to break down the work that I do, you know. Yeah, so I'll I'll know that some of that stuff is pretty heavy duty, and I tend, and to your point, I tend to do uh, the left brain dominant, the analytical stuff in the morning now, uh, just because uh, I want to get it out of the way when I'm perkier. And um, you know, yeah, you clear you're like, yeah.
1: From from what I've read, you will you will be better at it in the first half. of your day. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I've noticed like that you over just, time. You just
1: will yeah you outperformed you outperformed the past yeah.
0: but like yeah, yeah if i'm if i'm 100% on and and i know that like i could do any of it you know, but it's always the first half of the day. But if I'm feeling a little on like the, oh, shit, sleep night, maybe I've had a long week or whatever, I start to really focus on the, the you know, the analytical stuff in the morning as a result of just the nature of how my brain might decide to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I do, I'll, I'll feel it. Like in even in this last couple of weeks of work, it's just been all like BA type analytical analysis crap, and I'm just like, oh my God, I want to build something. Please give me an artistic yeah. outlet to do a thing and make me feel good yeah. about my hands making a thing, because that's what I need right now to feel like I'm someone on the planet. You know, like that's the yeah. layering of it all, and I'm just like, fuck off, Joe. Really, is this your thing right now? You gotta focus
1: up, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I'm yeah. not so sure with Yeah. And, and I still haven't asked to my answer. And admittedly, like, I've been on and off with my pursuit of trying to figure it out. Mm. The thing that's helped me the the most, so uh, the most actionable thing that's had a positive result yeah. is Headspace. That Headspace app is worth yeah. its worth its worth its coding goals. Like, so
0: is that meditation eating,
1: type stuff? Yeah, but yeah. it's 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 the guided it's the guided stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, ten minutes a day. You pick your area. and right. teach you how to like note they will teach you, and this isn't meditation. if you're gonna solve anything. Yeah, this yeah. is how how to identify pivot and how to be able to have have this little incremental approach to being able to. Like my biggest thing is focus. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the most focusedly, fragile person, fucking ever. Like yeah, right, ever. Unless I'm like playing like a. Full engaged game, like an actual mm-hmm. video game, mm-hmm. or the stakes are extremely high, Yeah, you, you could get my attention with a five cent coin. Like, you could, yeah, test it next time you walk past me when we're never back in that building. But, um, so a big thing for me is focus and, and obviously anxiety. So, but just by doing 10 minutes a day on each of those, and I was actually put onto them by um, a, psychi- a psychologist. It was like, listen, you are genetic. The genetic wiring, the the neurological wiring of the brain. You are never going to escape anxiety. There's no cure. There's no soul. No, no,
0: there's not. You need to
1: accept this. There's no soul. Yeah. But what there is, a very clear management technique, very simple management technique, Mm. for you to be able to say that thought isn't me. That thought is a thought, and Mm. This is a this is a, a repetitious, pattern thing that occurs every time there's a particular trigger. Right, so right. once you start to observe these things happening, you observe them happening in your own head. It's actually about it's ten times more powerful than like examining. Hmm. Interesting, because, because because you can you can just see it. Yeah, you can see it, and you can laugh. And and I've started to laugh at myself. Like yeah, it's yeah. quite it's quite interesting. It's like you idiot. You've had the same thought cycle for six hours straight. Yeah,
2: right. Like, look
1: at you. Like, like you actually are just like you're being silly. Like, you're being silly. Like, how many times could you possibly have the same thought and expect a different outcome? Like, so what? there's There's this thing of noting where. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if you've done this stuff before. Or yeah.
0: No, I've not. But my, I think my wife is. She's meditating. I think she. Oh, do, you, just, do you? subscribe to this one? Do you have to do like an annual subscription?
1: You, you subscribe? Yeah, it's an annual subscription. It's, yeah, I think she got it's this. Of, it's yeah. one hundred. it's One fifty a year. Yeah, yeah. One fifty a year, but man, it is. I would pay four hundred a year. Yeah, yeah now, there's a few she's, others. She's there's got a... anxiety like through the roof. So she's
0: doing it to do a very similar thing. It's, to be honest, she's she's actually now, going through a very similar thing.
1: Don't get me wrong. Like my 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 levels of anxiety are not. Um, they don't they don't put me in the corner of a room in the fetal position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. just suck my energy. Yeah, it sucks my energy with, with overthinking and not being able to break mental patterns and not being able to break the way in which I respond to things and letting emotions take complete control. It's its a regaining control experience. And I am, I am not a fluffy, Hey, this sounds great. Let's sit in a nice room and have some night. Like, no, I'm not that at all. I need like really practical, direct, this is how we're going to move. This is the end goal for the next 30 days. This is the 10 minutes every day we're going to do. You can do 15 if you want. There's a 15-minute option. You can do a 5-minute option if you want. You can do a 20-minute option if you want. Yeah. For me, the sweet spot was 10 minutes as soon as I wake up or just before bed. And um, one sec. Thank you. Thank you, um, Just before bed or when you wake up. And it's a fully guided, fully guided educational process. There's no... We're going to relax you. Let, let's talk to you about like let's let's calm your breathing. Let's um, count. To, let's either run through your run through different parts in your body to try and listen to where different parts, how different parts of your body are responding, mm. and let's talk through as you're doing that what you're experiencing and why you're experiencing it. Mm. And then they then they take it to a next level of okay, so we're telling you to focus on your solar plexus, which is like your tummy area. Yeah, yeah. And we're telling you to focus on your solar plexus, but every time you go to focus on your solar plexus, you keep thinking about that last email you were supposed to send today that you didn't. We're gonna call that a negative thought. Or we're gonna call that a distraction. Mm. Or say you going to think think about your solar plexus and you're thinking about um, you're thinking about how your neck is hurting. So that's a physical sensation that's distracting you. So what we're gonna do over the next ten minutes is we're gonna run through different parts of the body and every time we have a distraction, whether that's an a thought or a sensation, mm. we're gonna we're gonna identify it, we're gonna push it to the side, we're gonna come back to the middle. Yeah,
2: right. And it's
1: this process of being able to and that that's like a very basic version just for an, just for an, um focus. That was that one so just for focus. Yeah, right. And it, it's like it it's not only do you come out of the session and you're like operating at like 30 to 40% of what you typically would, mm.
2: if
1: you're, you're unpacking the layers that are preventing you from performing at your peak. Mm. So couldn't recommend it more. How long, I need the level doing it? Man, I hear, I, I started in 2017. Oh wow. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like I hear, let me see what my record says. Oh, so, admittedly, I don't do it every day. Every day, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I just get seventy-eight hours of meditation in ten-minute increments. That's a lot, when you think about it. Yeah, wow. I've completed seventy-eight hours of meditation. So, just on that. App. But um, and, and it goes into pain management. It goes into like grief. There's, it talks about productivity. There's, mm. They have series, they'll do like 30-day 30, 30 series yeah. or sometimes yeah. 90 days, where the idea is just 10 minutes a day, just come in 10 minutes a day, we're going to top this up. But the most important thing and what I love so much about Headspace is that this isn't a solution, it's, a, it's an identifying, educational, self-actualization, understanding process mm. so that you can have a really traumatic event happen and know exactly how to navigate it emotionally.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. I've thought about meditation, uh, many times, um, you know, and I've never dove, I've done some, a couple of like small things, but I've never gone on the regular with it. I've considered it. It's just, yeah, I've just not had the, you know, the, I don't know what it is. It's just not come into my my vision as a oh I should go after this for a period of time. But maybe I'll have a I'll check it out now that I'm in yeah the, now that I'm in the apocalypse. I've got more time to kind of take well, ten minutes right. So I've
1: seen like there's, there's a few things. One is the stigma around meditation. You just think of people crossing their legs in yoga pants. This isn't that. This no, is, no, no, no. Yeah, you just yeah. you need to sit somewhere for ten minutes. I've done sessions on the treadmill.
0: Yeah right.
1: Yeah, nice. I'm, like you can be a bit creative with it. I've mm. done like they say you should be sitting down in your chair, but like yeah, you, know, you make it. You, what the goal is, you just need to be able to control control focus. Mm. Um, I've seen it change lives of very different people around me, and I usually have to work pretty hard to sell them the idea of mm. getting into it. Like one friend, he um, he trades like government bonds and securities and. Um, shares and forex. Like he's a full-time trader. I think yeah. Extremely long hours. Very tumultuous days. Like the life of a the life of a trader. Like you can yeah, understand what yeah. they get. Yeah, yeah, And and he will every now and then he will message me and thank me and say hey, like this is like as hard finance dude as you can get. Mm. He's, he's beyond the world of the economics. Not you know like love and equality and all these things. But even him, he's a beautiful person. Don't get me wrong, but if I just the archetype of a person, just to put into perspective. And every now and then he's message me and say, like you saved part of my life by introducing me to her, and by forcing it on me over a period of a year or two. Because mm-hmm. like, I had, to, I just kept dropping it because I knew, I, ha- I I can't imagine many people doing it for a week and saying, you didn't do anything for me. Yeah. By the, by the end of the week, like but look, it might not be for everyone, I get it, but. The people that I've been able to that I've seen go from nothing to trying it for one to two weeks, ten minutes a day, they're like, "Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Maybe I can send you. Now maybe I can send you a. Um, I'm not trying to force it upon you but I, but I think I can send you like a full access trial as a like a referral thing. Oh, okay. Um, Said it, think, man. No, no, it's, they, I'm,
0: I'm not, I'm not uh, against it at all. It's just one of those things. where, yeah. For me, it's more around utility. So finding that, yeah. that thing that connects with me to do a thing. So like I already do, like I just, I, I never said I'd do yoga, but I find that I do like versions of yoga now all the time to deal with the fitness that I do. So like, you know, it's just, it's the utility yeah. of it. So like, I think like, to be honest about it, there's You know, the apocalypse and being stuck at home and being around, you know, the wife all the time and, you know, the monotony is, is wearing, it's, it's wearing me a bit. Mm -hmm. So it'd be good to get out of my head a bit and, you know, get a refresher. And I think that that may be the utility there is, is like, you know, it is about my head space, to be honest. It's not that I'm having any any thought other than just, I'm starting to find the monotony boring and it's like, you know, yes you know, my wife's coming up and saying hi to me and I'm like, yo, why, hi. <laughs> I saw you like two yeah. seconds ago. You know, like, do you really need to say yeah, hi? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm starting to get am, like edgy it? about it. And I'm just like, why are you getting edgy, man? Like, fuck, we're, we're just stuck in the house. Like, it's all good. But yeah, oh, nice one, man. Well, I might let you go, buddy.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, another good question, dude. Yeah, thanks, for, thanks for take two. I won't, I won't delete it. <laughs> I will
0: not. I'm going to, I already, I'm going to just transfer it right onto the hard drive immediately after this so that I don't right, fuck we'll it see, up.
1: Man. God damn it! Yeah, but you
0: always a pleasure, dude. Yeah, man. I, I, I can't believe
1: how quick time goes when I talk
0: to you. Yeah, yeah, bud. Yeah, same here. Same here. And I'll see. I'll see you in the traps, man. I'll see you in the traps. All right, man. Have a good one. <laughs> Thank Have a good you, dude. Take care. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. And that's it. That's the chat. That's that's the, the 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 take two. And I didn't fuck it up. I didn't delete it. I did uh, immediately put that onto the hard drive, and then I sat on it for a month. Anyways, enough of that guilt. I'm over it. I'm back at it. Hopefully I can uh, tee up some more interviews and get uh, some more of this regularity back uh, on the old agenda, the old podcast agenda. I have uh, deviated on the book path. I kind of, with the pandemic, moved away from my apocalyptic approach to life, felt a little too on the nose. But i have been writing more of a uh, a different one i've kind of partially written three chapters which is again a milestone it's more than i've normally written and uh because i got a puppy i've been up at like five in the morning six in the morning and for some reason my brain just said what the fuck? let's throw down some stuff interesting i think it's fueled by a lot of the work i'm currently doing a lot of the thinking i'm doing a lot of the old paying attention to the humans and getting amongst it But I am enjoying it, and I'm hoping that uh, I get somewhere with the book. doesn't matter if I publish it. It would be just nice to have ticked off that I have done a thing. Anyhow, people, I'm out. This is uh, a long one. I appreciate you sticking out the the old podcast. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you guys in the next one that I do. Thank you very much.